Hi friends, this is Lisa Purdy and I'm here to talk to you about professional development. I am uniquely suited for this because I am the first ever pharmacy professional development practitioner in the U.S. My job is modeled to follow the MPD, Nursing Professional Development Practitioner. AMPD has been around for 30 years and oftentimes in hospital settings you've seen nurse educators, but if you have an MPD you know that that is way more than that. As a professional development practitioner, we cover six key areas, onboarding and on orientation, competency management, education, role development, collaborative partnership, and then research evidence-based practice and quality improvement. These are known as the big six as coined by Greta Price. This season, we are to dive into all things professional development and what it looks like to build a program like this from scratch. I'll give you the information that I have as why I think this is the direction healthcare is going and how you can show a return on investment by providing a program like this in your hospital that will elevate the practice of your technicians and your pharmacists. Hey friends, first off, thank you for joining me on this journey to hear more about the pharmacy professional development practitioner. I love having you here with me and I really hope the information has been helpful in your practice. So companies with professional development programs have been shown to have higher retention rates. For me, role development is the secret sauce to making that all work. So today, I want to give you some insight on how I've created my role development program so you can be thinking about what could work for you. The first thing um, you want to do before starting anything related to the big six is to do an environmental scan. So remember, 20% of this job is having your ear to the ground, making sure you know all the things going on in your department. So you need to know the temperature of your people, in a sense. What is driving them? What matters to them? Get really comfortable with everything uncomfortable. This will help you identify gaps and the things to really connect with. So for me, the first thing I picked up on um, had not really stemmed from my department, but really from society. There is a sense of lack of empathy and feeling seen. So the reason I felt it was like larger scale from than a source of my department was, although I am sure it's reinforced in some level, I saw this in every department, a hunger to be enough, to be valued. And so I realized quickly that if I were to be in their boat, I would want someone spending time to get to know me and help me revitalize me. So this year, it's really been hard, right? Emotionally, physically, and mentally, we've it's really been demanding. And having someone come alongside me asking me about my dreams that I had buried down and really wasn't going to be enough for me. I would need support and shown how to go after those dreams. What is actually possible? So I once again looked to the nursing professional development practitioners, so the MPDs. I saw they had five role development pathways that I could actually utilize. Clinical practice, clinical expert, leadership, education, and research. As I started working through these, I could see why they'd be useful in nursing, but I needed programs for pharmacy. So I combed through them and I thought about my experiences and my connections. And I was able to build out each of these pathways to make sense for my team. Um, I will walk through some of what I'm talking about so you can kind of set up yours. It might look different for you because you'll have different opportunities and different resources and connections. But if you want more details, feel free to uh, reach out to me. Um, so clinical practice, um, this is really designed for the new hire. So the first year is a big transition, right? Um, this pathway is all about helping establish the new hire. 
The nice thing is it can be stretched out over like up to two years. And assuming you have worked through your orientation and onboarding program, much of the pathway has already been built out for you. So make sure you consider shadowing experiences. Um, Let them see all the areas that might be interesting to them um, and where they could go. So if you have an inventory person or a buyer, or maybe you have a diversion specialist or a narc vault technician, or maybe you have someone in IT or a farmnet team, maybe you have a 340B department, uh, perhaps you have a central fill pharmacy or compounding group, or even a shipping section of your pharmacy, making sure the new hire has time to really see and experience all these opportunities that you have is really key. This gives them um, something to really look for and dream for. And this may help them see that this is really the perfect place for them to spread their professional roots down because this is part of the investment of the new hire. So you want to give them adequate time to consider what type of pharmacist or technician that they want to be and that they can actually be that person here at your organization. This pathway also encourages, like all my pathways do, to look into various professional organizations to join and be an active member. This does a few things. One, it connects them to a bigger picture and brings value to them as they see opportunities to bring value in uh, other places than their work. It also allows for connections and networking and to be in the know. Anyone in the professional organization can speak to the benefits of getting someone interested early on is it is very helpful um, for their personal development. So the clinical practice pathway will ask them to consider taking additional courses um, your organization may offer. So think soft skills like communication and feedback or Six Sigma training. And then once they have seen all there is to see, hopefully they have an idea what focus that they may want to have. So I encourage all my team members to be known for something. I show them ASHP certification options. We talk about board certification options. We talk about additional schooling depending on their goals. But think about this. Certification in whatever area you're interested in is really key. This is where pharmacy is moving. So I like to encourage my team members to elevate themselves and their practice in any way that is available. This ultimately makes you a better technician or pharmacist It makes us better for our patients, and you are much more likely to enjoy what you're doing when you're investing more of of yourself and in the type of things that you enjoy, okay? So make sure to encourage building connections as they move along. Have them consider what committees they want to join, what projects they want to help with, and seek out new responsibilities in their areas of interest. Hopefully, you're providing a mentor for them, but always encourage them to find a mentor in the area that interests them. It is important to remind them that this world is full of abundance. There is plenty for each of us to be successful. If someone has the job that you want, that only means that the door is open for you to do it too. So go and learn from them. They will feel honored and want to help you on your journey if you ask them, okay? So, You can see what I did there with the clinical practice. I have similar methods for all the other options as well, but with a more focused approach. The clinical expert is really about branding yourself to the degree that you want to be known. Um, So if you want to be known as a content expert in your field, 
you need to think about all the ways that you can do to make that happen. So yes, be involved in creative studies and publishing and speaking on the topic, but broaden out some too. Think YouTube, podcasts, LinkedIn. Do you want to be known in your organization or do you want to have a platform at the local, state, or national level? Make sure your team member is certified in all their options and take an active role in the professional organizations that make sense for their speciality. Okay? So you can really help that person grow. Um, they can also really take time to really study their specialty too so that they can easily talk to it. Now, research and education pathways are everything you can think of. Okay, for research, participating in every option of research available, running projects and understanding the IRB process, considering workflow project changes, anything that looks like process improvement. Um, walk them through learning about the um, processes and connect them with the people in that field. At my organization, we have a wealth of people in this area to help include statisticians who can walk them through the process. Okay, um, for education, this could be anything um, that you can think of. So getting a teaching certificate might work for any of the pharmacists. It could be taking on students or being a point trainer. It could be working through um, area schools or creating continued educations. Uh, it could be similar to research um, by taking a dive into this world and pharmacy literature and really studying it um, as an area of interest. Uh, you can easily broaden those both out to whatever your organization allows or has opportunity for, um, but it just kind of makes sense within the topics. So leadership is really one of my favorites. If you remember, I created an informal leadership group. So most of my team members that are interested in this um, leadership happen to be involved in that program with me. So the leadership pathway is all about learning the style of leader you want to be and giving you the opportunity to work through and develop as a leader. So this pathway is really going to ask team members to be active in professional organizations, but also take active roles in organizations through shared governance and various committees. These team members will help lead in competency management programs. They will partner with leadership as a change agent for the department. They will look for opportunities to make improvements and mentor others, and then they'll have mentors in, in the roles that they're really seeking out. They're going to attend leadership conferences and courses. The point here is to really invest in this person to shine as a leader in the safety of your supervision. We will all make mistakes, but it's a lot less painful when we make those mistakes in the shadows <laughs> and learn from it than when we are already in the public eye. Am I right? Okay, so think about that and think about what opportunities you have for someone to really develop in leadership and then put that in your pathway. Now, as I walk through um, all of these areas, it kind of dawned on me that these five were forgetting an entire audience of people. What about those looking to be promoted or those looking to retire? I needed to provide a pathway called leaving a legacy. Now, a work legacy can be about things such as creating a new work process, mentoring, and transferring knowledge to your younger employees and training new talent. It's what you pass on to the next generation and your peers in a, as broad sense as you would like. You get to decide what you're remembered for. So if you want to feel like you have made a difference in someone else's career, 
but struggle to identify and articulate a legacy at work that and like what it can look like, this is your opportunity to make one, okay? So this is allowing you to leave your position for the next generation or the next group or hire who replaces you as you move on to the next season of your life. So building a legacy can be one of the most fulfilling things that you do and it will help you carry on your goals and your dreams well past retirement and promotion, okay? So the first thing I did was provide a series of questions for each team member to walk through. Starting off, consider what you want to be remembered for. What would be important to write down for someone else? What do you wish you had known but no one ever told you? And then think about what kind of person you would want to take up your baton. Are there experiences they need first or characteristics that they should have? Um, What kind of training could you create for that next person so that your ceiling becomes their floor? Are there resources you can create for them? Is there an opportunity for you to help find that right person and have them work and alongside, you know, be learning alongside you uh, for a period of time? How would you be able to measure your success in that process? So, Another thing I ask people are, what stories can you be sharing that could impact them and help them really gain insight in the position? How might you foster relationships for them as they're transitioning? Or do you want to maintain contact with this new person when you leave? Do you want it to just be a next season and they're, you know that's it? As you look ahead, what do you want to be doing or where do you want to go? So your identity may have been wrapped up in whatever job that you were doing. So knowing this, it's possible that your identity could be a different one as you go on to the next season. So it's important to think through what that could look like. This step is actually very critical because if you think about it, we've all heard stories where a CEO retires And then like a year or two later, they come back and they're mucking everything up because they have lost who they are and they can't really land on a purpose in life. So taking time to really consider the next season is a critical piece to their success. This is just as true in promotion. So knowing what your life could be like, what challenges you may face, what things you may want to learn, think it through what you need in that next season. This is really why a mentor can really help you navigate these types of things, okay? But it's also important, too, that if you're looking at promotion, that you don't keep your hand too much buried in the season that you used to be in. So having that clean delineation and separation and ability to really pass things off is important. I've actually seen a few times where someone's been promoted and they continue to try to focus on and and take on both positions as they move forward, and it really makes it so that they can't be good in either of them, Uh, and it's really hard for people to get answers from them. So kind of thinking through the succession planning is really helpful, and for you, um, it will be helpful if you can help your team members like really consider this and give them time to consider this ahead of time um, so that your organization isn't suffering as they continue to move forward, okay? It's really great when we can pour into our next our next people ahead of time, okay? All right. For those that um, 
Let's see. So for those that are retiring, make sure they kind of understand retirement. Um, have like have time for them set up so that they're really meeting with like a financial planner that they kind of know their benefit options. You really want these ducks to be in a row um, because it's part of their success. You don't want them to walk through all the succession planning only to have them come to a halting stop because they actually can't afford retirement yet. So have them, um, even a few years before they're ready for retirement, have them encourage them to really sit down with people like a financial planner to be ready um, for that time. Okay, because if you remember, um, anything outside of your work life affects your work life. So having all those things ready to go, uh, it's just smart. It's just ready, you know, it's doing the right stuff. So, okay, now you have the pathways, but what do you do? It's all about relationship building. So I have set a cadence for my team to meet in the summer and winter months. I see them every uh, week during my rounding and I meet with my informal leaders every month. Um, But for personal development, they can expect to see me at least uh, twice a year to really sit down and discuss things. This allows us to figure out what pathway will work for them. Many of the team members have merged some of these pathways to fit their goals. Typically, when I do meet with them, I only give them two or three pieces of the pathway at any one time. These were not built to complete in a year or two. They're really meant for more of the long run. Uh, so make sure that they know that and that can ease their expectations, okay? So one-on-one sessions are a really great way to take time and to get to know all of your team members. Um, I actually take notes. I come in with a list of questions um, and things I want to speak about. I take notes on everything they say, especially things about their life outside of work. All of it plays into what will matter to them as they move forward. We will have to remember that much of what we do um, really comes from that work-life balance. So anything we're trying to do from a professional development standpoint, we can't just talk about work. We have to um, really think about their life outside of it to know that we're going to be able to achieve their dreams and their goals, okay? So depending on a season, um, the priority of those dreams may look different. Um, we may have find out that the team member has just had a baby or maybe they're in the process of losing a loved one or they just did lose a, love, uh, a loved one or, um, you know, anything could be happening within their life that could affect um, their work-life balance and their professional development. So if you are sensitive uh, to the, what their needs are, um, making things work for them um, within your professional development standpoint will really build trust because you're incorporating everything that matters to them, okay? So really, this is a lot of content uh, for one episode, um, but it really only covers the surface. So what I want to do is next episode, I want to walk through one-on-one meetings Um I want to make them personal and engaging for you to help you feel more connected. Uh, And that should be giving you enough tools to at least get started. So this week, maybe you could consider listening to this episode a few times just so that you can really sit down, hone in on your professional development pathways and and figure out what those are. Um, You may even want to add or figure out other types of um, pathways that may be more beneficial for your team. Um, but then that way, as we move forward, 
um, with the next episode, really diving in on what a one-on-one meeting is and how to be relational with with our team members. Um, that piece will be uh, necessary to couple back with all your prep work. So the more that you're prepared to talk to someone, the better. Um, we all like winging things to a, a degree, but um, when you have a plan for professional development, it really can speak um, you can speak to it with confidence and people can see that you actually care and you're actually investing in time and making sure that you're giving them all the tools that they need to move forward. And I think that's really important. So that's why I want to take a lot of time on this role development piece um, and just making sure that you're ready to go. Okay. All right. So thank you so much for listening in. Um, if you like this type of content, um, please consider subscribing Maybe leave a review or click some of the stars. Um, This helps others find the podcast and hopefully help them as they get inspired by all the things that are professional development. Uh, Feel free to reach out to me. You can find me at Lisa Purdy um, on LinkedIn. Uh, Make sure to listen to this uh, next week as we impact the world of pharmacy with professional development. All right, thanks. Bye.